that energy, that motive for action sort of boils up from that attitude and gratitude. Often I've mentored people who've said, well, they take me as they find me. And if they don't like it, then stuff, that's them. You know, that, 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 that's their loss. But it isn't, it's your loss. Literally, these are only words, but words are powerful. And you have your conscious, your subconscious, and your creative subconscious. And your creative subconscious is like a taxi driver that will take you wherever you want to go. An untouchable, unbreakable attitude of gratitude. You would never have a problem if you were like that, being motivated. Welcome back to Success is a System. My name is Mike Green, and every week we release a different podcast called Success is a System. And our whole focus is finding the systems, attitudes, initiatives, and beliefs that successful people have used on their journey to take them from often humble beginnings to outstanding achievement. Today I haven't got a guest, but what I want to talk about are some of the elements that I get into again and again and again with different mentees, because I mentor 40 to 50 different individuals or companies in any given month. And just lately, I noticed that people have been saying things like, Mike, I need to... um, get some more motivation? How do I become motivated? What have I got to do? I can't, just can't get motivated. Or they talk about, I don't know, I just think lately my attitude's got a bit worse uh, and so on. So the three areas I want to talk about today specifically, because they're really important systems for success. They are attitude, gratitude, and motivation. I want to break them down because it's easy to think they're just words, Mike. How can that make the difference between failure and success or mediocrity and success? So let's get into that a little bit. So one of the first things is attitude. It's really hard to ever connect with people and people are at the heart of successful business, whether it's the people who work with us and work for us, whether it's the partners that we work with or whether it's the customers, clients that we give our services or products to. We need to have a great attitude because no one is going to want to do business with someone who's got a face like they've been sucking on a pickle. They're miserable. They're kind of looking at you and you think, oh, they drain every bit of life out of you. Stinking thinking is never going to grow a business. So let's look at attitude. What is attitude? Attitude is the the energy, the enthusiasm, the approach, the expectation or beliefs that I have about what I'm going to achieve and how I'm going to achieve it. So often in the different courses I've been on in my life or the people that have mentored me, they've said, Mike, you're looking miserable of sin. Buck up. Smile a little bit. Find something positive to talk about. Stop talking about the darkness and light some candles. Don't give me the labor pains. Give me the baby. And essentially what they're saying is you're not going to get to the positive until you get your attitude right. So let's have a look at a little bit of how we can do that. And so some of it is about getting disciplines each day uh, of how we start our day and how we decide on our attitude. Now, you might be thinking, well, how can I decide on my attitude? Absolutely, you can. You can wake up every morning. And part of that, we're going to get a little bit more into gratitude. But part of that, and I'll expand on it when we get into attitude, but is what am I grateful for today? And starting each day thinking, you know what? The sun's shining. It's incredible. I'm feeling all right. I've got some energy. I've got two arms, two legs. I can see, I can hear. There are blessings in life that not everyone has the benefit of. 
And yet some of the people who don't have all of those things that you may have today are building business, are building success, are happy anyway. So that attitude may start with some great gratitude for what's good in your life. But we start each day by thinking through some of that. So why should I have a good attitude or why uh, should I be grateful for what I've got already in my life? We can then decide, you know what, maybe it's not a good day, maybe it's raining, but how can I look at that positively? And one of my mentors used to say, yeah, but you know what, without the rain, we can't grow anything. Without growing anything, we probably can't eat because the animals wouldn't even live if we didn't have uh, the, the, the water and so on. And so we can call it liquid sunshine because it's as important as sunshine to, to most of the way that we live our life and the things that we eat and consume and so on. So that attitude. And then you can start to look at people who you know have got a great attitude and think, who do I want to spend my time with? Do I like being with those people who say, hey, Mike, how are you going? It's great to see you, mate. Um, uh, oh, I've just been holiday. It's been amazing. Oh, I went somewhere. Good. That kind of energy that comes with a good attitude. So, and if we think about attitude, you know, where does that take us? That takes us to positive mental thinking or NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And, and some of these systems were developed in the 80s and 90s and, and noughties in terms of teaching us that if we can start to think positively, if we can start to program our brain differently, we could be more successful. And I have, over this podcast and over my life, seen the difference with people who have exactly the same qualifications, exactly the same skills, similar upbringings, and yet someone with a great attitude is nearly always going to be more successful than someone with a negative or miserable attitude. So we've got to think, if we're looking in the mirror, uh, do we look like we've got a positive attitude? Have we got this face like we've been sucking on a pickle, we're miserable, you know, we look tired, you know, are we getting enough sleep? The first impressions always count. We might not like it. Often I've mentored people who have said, well, they take me as they find me. And if they don't like it, then stuff, that's them. You know, that, 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 that's their loss. But it isn't. It's your loss. The way that we look, the way that we hold ourselves, the energy we have will make a massive, massive difference in your life, in your own happiness, because it becomes this kind of energy feeder. It, it kind of grows within you in the same way that negativity can make you feel miserable. If you feel miserable, you don't feel as well. You, in effect, close down. Your diaphragm closes up. You're not getting as much oxygen. So it's, it's, it's physical as well as biological, as well as emotional and psychological. It's a whole way of living to have a great attitude and to focus on the power of that great attitude. Attitude also affects the way we look at circumstances. So if you've got, let's call it a problem, I prefer to call it an opportunity or a challenge. But if we've got a great attitude, the minute we see that problem, we will think, OK, what's the, what opportunity have I got when I fix this? Or how can I overcome this problem or this challenge? So, again, a positive attitude will take something that has happened and it will immediately decide, is this a problem or is it an opportunity? If you've got a negative attitude or miserable attitude, you're probably going to see it as a problem. If you're going to got a positive attitude, you're probably going to see it as an opportunity. And there's lots of sayings that try to kind of capture this and teach this that have been handed down from our forefathers. And, you know, some of them are things like two men locked behind bars. One sees mud, the other sees stars. Literally, your perspective, your direction, your thinking is determined what you see in life. 
And yet it's the same view out of that window, but whether you see the positive or the negative can change the way you feel about life that day uh, uh, and everything that may happen. Okay. Uh, we also talk about, um, you know, it's a lovely story I like about the young lad who's been naughty and he's a naughty lad. So his parents saying, right, we're going to teach him a lesson. And they throw him in a, in a room full of horse manure thinking, you know, that'll teach him a lesson. And he's in there and he's like got a shovel and he's chucking it here and everywhere. And after a few minutes they go in and he's like all super excited and positive. Uh, and they say, you know, what are you doing? He says, with this much shit, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere kind of thing. And again, it's a little bit of a funny anecdote, but even in the depths of despair or negativity or reasons why we wouldn't normally be positive, some people have an art, an ability, um, if you like, a habit of finding the positive in there. Why wouldn't you do that? What would be the benefits of looking at the negative as opposed to the positive? This doesn't mean being unrealistic or, you know, often you, you hear people talk about being an optimist, a pessimist, a realist. In fact, most people who call themselves realists are pessimists that don't want to be seen as negative. Why wouldn't you be optimistic? Even when there are problems in life and challenges in life, why wouldn't you look at that? I'll give you an example. One of my mentees today, wonderful, wonderful man, got a great business, but he's going through some stuff. His father's been rushed into hospital. The business is, uh, is not quite where he wants it to be. And he could wallow in that. He could have a real pity party around that. But instead, his attitude, his outlook has determined him that that's now his reason. He wants to retire his mum and dad. He wants to be able to build the business enough to, to get enough money, to get enough success, to enable them not to have to work anymore. So that if they are ill or do need looking after, the business can do that. Now, you could either wallow in the problem of, uh, 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 of his father's illness or the business, or he can turn that and he can take that energy. Negative energy, and that's the same as a negative attitude because we, we give off energy, is like, let's talk about it as like nuclear power. Nuclear energy, negatively used, can kill millions of people, could literally destroy the world. But nuclear energy harnessed and focused could give us all the energy we need for decades, thousands, millions of people. So sometimes we can take a negative experience, a negative outcome, and we can package it, focus it, harness it, and then use it for the greater good. So whenever you get to any circumstance, Covey talks about there is space between stimulus and response, this gap. Something happens, this is how we respond to it. In that space between stimulus and response is a choice. So Covey says there's a choice between stimulus and response. To me, the biggest thing to do in that choice is to decide, are you going to look at that positively or negatively? Are you going to see that as a reason to be anchored or a reason to propel what you do, how you do it, and how you're going to change your life to overcome that issue or that action? And I now want to move from attitude to gratitude. And there are endless scientific studies, you can just Google it, I don't need to go into them all today, that have shown the connection between people who are healthy and live longer lives and people who are more positive and have gratitude for what's good in their life because that affects their whole well-being, the amount of anxiety they have, the amount of depression or excitement or ambition or drive or enthusiasm they have for the world. That directly affects our psychology, which directly affects our physical 
physical body, our biology, if you like, our chemistry in our body. And it releases different chemicals that will have an absolutely direct impact on us. So let's start to look at gratitude. And actually, I like to divide words up, and I'm going to do that when we get onto motivation as well. But if we look at gratitude, if you break it down, it looks like gr attitude or great attitude. Gratitude is about reasons to have a great attitude. So what, what are some of the reasons I should have a great attitude? Gratitude, what am I grateful for? I am grateful I woke up this morning because some people didn't. I woke up and I felt like I had the energy to get up this morning. Some people didn't have that energy or vitality. They didn't have a reason to get up. Now, I wanted to get in the gym and try and lose a little bit of weight, trying to get some more uh, strength as I get older. And I went in the gym and I achieved a couple of weights. I've got a little app that tells me what I've got to do, working with Dom, who was on last week's podcast. and But it told me I had six personal bests this morning so I had reason to be grateful I'm getting stronger if you like or I'm getting better at some of those things you know so even before my day had gone far in I also then had a coffee and I was really grateful for great coffee my little Nespresso machines it's like one of the first things I go to in the morning and these are tiny little things and people often think oh, I'll be grateful or I'll have gratitude when I'm a millionaire or I'll have gratitude when uh, I earn this much or I get that car or I've got a bigger house or all of these things. But actually, most of what we are grateful for are tiny little things that make a world of difference. And when you see people towards the end of their life or on their deathbeds, they often focus on the little things that they probably didn't recognize or understand or have gratitude for as they were living their lives. And to do that, sometimes we need to look through the eyes of a child. You know, they wake up every morning and every day is a possibility. Okay, what are your possibilities for today? What are we going to do today? They'll often ask. And can we do that? Oh, we're going, you know, and, and we as parents drive them towards that. We say only six sleeps till Christmas or only four sleeps till holiday. And, they, and, and, and they're starting to look forward to what's coming. But then we get older ourselves and we often don't look for, oh, God, I've just had a holiday and play a year before I go again, as opposed to all the reasons why I should be grateful for today. And even if you're having some challenges at the moment and there's things going on in your life that aren't perfect or optimal, if you're living in the developed world, you're already in the top 1% of income, the top 1% of wealth. You could be in a war-torn country. Look at what's happened in the lives of some of the people who live in the Ukraine in the last year. Literally, they're living their lives, having, having good family life, maybe good work life. And all of a sudden, that whole safety that they could be grateful for has been ripped away from them. You're not putting up with that. So, and let's just say you thought tomorrow you were going to die and today was your last day. How differently would you look at the grass, the flowers, the, the sky, the fact that you, the sun's shining, the fact that you're warm enough in the middle of winter, that you're cool enough in the middle of summer? And I guarantee you, if you want to contact me and we had a mentoring session and you were like, oh, fed up my, uh, I'm a bit of a, a kind of bare knuckle mentor. And I would give you a hundred things that you could be grateful for if you choose to be grateful for. And the space between stimulus and response is a choice. Attitude is a choice. Gratitude is a choice. And there's lots of ev evidence and research that is increasingly being done and has been done on how going to bed, focusing on things you've, had, you've been grateful for today, or when you wake up writing down three things you're grateful for 
uh, and you're looking forward to today can have a marked difference on your psychology, your emotions, uh, and your happiness. Uh, and a great example of that, it's not an advert, but I've used it from time to time, and it, and it really helped me at certain times was the six minute diary where you literally take three minutes at the beginning of your day and three minutes at the end of your day and part of that simple process where you answer a few questions is write down three things that you've got to be grateful for this today or this morning or this evening write down three things that, that you're grateful happened today three things that you're looking forward to happen during the day today and these are things we need to capture ourselves. When someone angers us, it's easy to say, I'm having a shit day or, or I've had a crap week. Or I remember the Queen doing one of her speeches and saying, it's Annus Horribilis. It's been a terrible year. But actually, was it really a bad day or was it a bad 10 minutes that you consumed or expanded to make a bad day? It wasn't a bad day. A bad, a whole day is 24 hours you had 10 minutes that were not bad and there was probably 23 hours and 50 minutes that were probably better or even good. But you allowed that 10 minutes of negativity to be the label, to be the foundation, to be the, the, the cover over all of what you could have been grateful for and enjoyed about today. So if you find yourself being negative, don't focus on the 10 minutes that made it a bad day or the half a day that made it a bad week or the bad week that made it a bad month for you or the bad month that you allowed to tell yourself that you had a bad year for. Focus on the fact that often the challenges that we face are minorities as a share of our life. And then you can start to look at life differently. Feelings and thoughts are not facts. So if you can separate your feelings and thoughts from the facts and say, yeah, I feel like it's been a terrible day. Okay. I think it's been an awful day and say, has it really been an awful day? Well, actually, even that 10 minutes that I thought was terrible, wasn't so terrible relative to other people's life. I was just disappointed by it or it made me angry, but you, it didn't make you angry. Even then you chose to be angry because the space between stimulus and response is a choice. This did happen. You could have had a great attitude and looked at how to use that negative energy, harness that negative energy and focus it towards being better or stopping that happening again or overcoming that. But instead, you allowed your thoughts and feelings, not the fact, your thoughts and feelings around a fact to determine your attitude for the whole day, which then meant you didn't have any gratitude for what was good in that day. Hope you're enjoying Success is a System. Every Tuesday, we launch it on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Drop us a note and tell us who you would like to see or hear on Success is a System or what subjects you'd like us to cover to help you and your business. Success is a System, like, subscribe, and make sure you get it every Tuesday for great lessons and systems that have made people wealthy, healthy, and successful. Literally, these are only words, but words are powerful. And you have your conscious, your subconscious, and your creative subconscious. And your creative subconscious is like a taxi driver that will take you wherever you want to go. And if you say it's been a shit day, or nothing works for me, or I just can't sell at the moment, or none of my staff are any use, or everyone in this city is awful, do you know what? That's the way 
you're going to see things. That's the lens through which you're going to see things. And your taxi driver, because he always takes you or she always takes you where you want to go, is going to find you all the evidence to support. Yeah, it is a terrible city. Yeah, your team are useless. Yeah, this has been bad. And all I can tell you is like an auric thing. If you look at curly in photography or auric photography, when you, you know someone's aura, that like that that glow of energy around them, it's actually an energy field. That in someone who's depressed or down or ill, it's a tiny little glow around them. If you take curly in photography, in someone who's excited or like me and say, "Oh, this is a fantastic day." Literally, it'll be a massive energy field around. And as I say, fantastic, you would see light shooting out of my fingers with curly in photography. The force field around me becomes so much more powerful. So much so, it's the only known uh, explanation as to why people can walk on burning coals. And I've done 12-foot coals in uh, in London. I've done 50-foot walking on burning coals in Hawaii with Tony Robbins. And I thought, how does this work? And what I can tell you is they get you into a kind of cool moss, cool moss, into like a trance before, or cold wet grass before you start. And they're saying these things in your mind. You're growing this aura. You're growing this energy. And then you cool moss, cool moss, you walk across. It's 1,600 degrees, four times as hot as your oven. But why doesn't it burn? The only explanation that makes sense to me that I've heard is that you create this energy field and energy can hurt or protect. If it's the energy field around you, it can protect you and does protect you. And I, in Hawaii, I did it with about a thousand people walking across 50 foot of burning coals that should melt your skin. And don't get me wrong, a few people did get burnt. Now, they have a fairly narrow path. And, and once someone starts to burn, you smell it instantly. It's a horrible smell burning flesh. And they, there, there were helpers all the way along. Either they stepped off or fell off or were pushed off once it realized they burnt. But when I spoke to them afterwards and said, what happened? You know, I didn't, I didn't burn at all. What, what do you think? Why do you, why do you think you burnt? So I don't know. I was walking along and a cool moss, cool moss, cool moss, you know, focus energy. And all of a sudden I thought, this is crazy. I should be burning. Well, what happens when you go from rah to to logical, sensible, your aura, your energy drops back in and you become very much in your head rather than outward and your energy field goes down. There's no energy, there's no force, no protection. So, you know, believe me or not, trust me or not, but try it anyway. What have you got to lose? When you have got this unstoppable energy, this kind of force, and people say they're a force for good, that person, Hopefully they're not a force for evil, but someone with that power, that energy, or have you heard them say when they work, walk in the room, they've got a presence about them. Wouldn't you want to be that person as opposed to the person who walks in and you don't even notice? You know, your choice determines your attitude and you have got stuff I guarantee you to be grateful for. However tough you think it is, you've got things to be grateful for. And a good example, if you want to see the opposite of, uh, uh, oh, no, see a great example of that is Google Nick Vujicic, V-U-Y-I-C-I-C. And this guy has literally got no arms and no legs, a head and a torso. And he has a little kind of flap down here and he calls it my little chicken drumstick. You hear his speeches, they will move you to tears. He smiles, he's happy, he lives a great life. And you think, how could he do that? And you know, he's one of the world's best motivational speakers because he is, he's got what he's got, but he chooses to be grateful for what he's got rather than depressed about what he hasn't got. And he lives a full life. You know, if you go on and you look at him on, on, on the internet, you'll see videos of him water skiing and different things he's doing that shouldn't really be able to do. Uh, skateboarding. 
going to water parks and literally somebody has to help him on the slides but he goes down and, and he bobs in the water and of course someone's got to help him at the end but often he gets there and for unsuspecting people who are watching rather than being depressed he says what happens as if it's happened on the slide and he can laugh about it how would your life be if you had an attitude like that an untouchable unbreakable attitude of gratitude you would never have a problem if you were like that being motivated because you know what when you have this gratitude you find a motivation or a motive for action and now i want to talk about motivation because that's the third area that for me is a behavior that transforms people's success that i can see almost physically in people that are successful versus those that are unsuccessful and sometimes it's the same people you know successful this week i don't know what's happened sales are down so and i'm thinking i can see what's happened last month you came in and said it's been a great month mate we had our best ever month and today you walked in and said oh it's not good it's miserable and i think christ if you came in to sell to me you're looking miserable as sin you're looking like you got a face been sucking on a pickle it's like i don't want to buy from you either you're miserable you've got no belief in your product why would i have belief in your product because attitude and gratitude uh, and when you say a motivated person, you want to spend more time about those people. That energy they have actually can feed to others. Others feed off of that positive energy. And we all want to be around that positive energy, whether we realize it or not. So let's talk a little bit about motivation now. So motivation. What is your motive for action? Motivation. Now, I get asked a lot about this and talk talk to a lot of my mentees or people generally or charities or people in general walks of life and they say, I'm just not motivated like you, Mike. Or I can't find my motivation. Or can you give me some motivation as if it's, oh yeah, hang on, I'll get it off the shelf. Here you go, there's some motivation. And actually motivation comes from within. It's a bit like we were talking about attitude and gratitude. And when you've got the right attitude and you're grateful for life, do like, you know what? You tend to find things that motivate you. That energy, that motive for action sort of boils up from that attitude and gratitude. But let's look at motive, motive for action, motivation. Now, one of the things that I talk a lot about is people say, I need motivation, I want motivation. Can you motivate me? I need to find motivation as if it's a positive thing, as if it's got to be like happy and positive and energizing and all good stuff. Well, you know what? The good news and the bad news is that I believe, and I believe this more and more as I go through life, as I mentor more people, and as I see successes and failures, and experience my own successes and failures, let me tell you that at least 70%, I truly believe, of motivation is negative or external to you. What does that mean? So if, if it's all positive and it's like, I want a Ferrari, Mike, I'm motivated to get a Ferrari, or I'm gonna, if I hit this sales goal, I'm going to be able to go to Hawaii, or, or I'm going to be able to do, get something I want. That's motivation. That's positive motivation. But you know, that's easily given up on. Because if I'm driven or motivated by a Ferrari, and then my daughter gets ill, or my father gets ill, or I get ill, and I think oh, I've been saving up, but I was nearly there. I, you know, I can do without the Ferrari. And I pr then prioritized the more important things, the really important things that I need it for. And so it's easy, or even just I'm having a tough week, I don't really need a Ferrari. What do I need a Ferrari for? They go wrong a lot. If you park it, someone's going to scratch it. Every time you have to get it serviced, it'll be five or six grand. Uh, it might devalue by 30% in a year. So what happens when, when things go wrong or when things are tough, 
we will often walk away from a positive driver or motivation. But if your motive for action is to retire your parents in the sense of giving them enough money or a bit of a monthly income to be able to not have to work anymore, or if your motive for action is to pay for an operation for your child, or your motive for action is to support a charity that is really dear to your heart, or your motive for action is to stop smoking because you've been told it's going to kill you, or to run a charity because you've seen someone else do it who's a friend and you want to do it, those external influences or negative drivers, as I would call them, are far more likely to get you up every day. So being able to buy my mum a house to let her release the bit of equity she had in the house, because even though she had £110,000 of equity in her house, she was poor. And she was going to die in poverty because it was locked in her house. Every week, she still had to pay for power. She still had to pay for food. She still had to pay for heating. Uh, and so on. So even though she'd amassed during her life £110,000, she was going to die with that locked in the house that she lived in. So for me, a motive for action, a motivation was to buy her a house so that she could sell the house she lived in, release the £110,000, and in the few years she had left, do some things that would really excite her, that were perhaps dreams that had never been fulfilled. Now, she was a very selfless woman, and it was never about her. And for a lot of people, that's true. But one of the things she did that I know she, sadly, she's gone now, but I know made a massive difference to her. She took all the grandchildren on an all expenses paid inclusive holiday. And, the, and she took uh, my nan with her as well. And the two of them there with all the grandchildren, seeing them on the beach, playing in the sunshine, in the pool, being out to have ice creams and lollies when they wanted and just be spoiled for a week. The magic and motivation and reward she got from that was massive. So for me, I can have a Ferrari. I've had Ferrari, Lamborghini, Aston Martins, Bentleys, Range Rovers. And I still enjoy some of those toys. But it's always more motivating to say, I don't want my mum to die without ever realising some of the reward that she's worked for or without ever realizing some of those dreams. So that negative motivation in terms of something I don't want to happen can drive me much more than something I do want to happen. And in reality, and it's different slightly for all of us, Tony Robbins, when I did Mastery University 20 years ago, would talk about we are pushed by our fears or pulled by our dreams. We are pushed by things we don't want to be an outcome or don't want to happen more than we are pulled by something that might be nice to happen. And so if you can then start to really harness that, if you can then start to say, okay, yeah, I do want a Ferrari, or I would like a nice holiday, or I would like this, but actually I also want to retire my mum and dad. Or I also uh, want to buy a, a car for my daughter because she's struggling at the moment, her car keeps breaking down, or whatever it is. Or I do want to pay for my children to get a far better education than I ever enjoyed, and to live a life that I could never enjoy when I was growing up. Those things, if you can harness the combination of the dreams that are going to pull you, and the fears or things that you don't want to happen that are going to push you, you can become unstoppable. So if you're thinking you're not motivated or you need to be motivated, break it down. What's your motive for action? Find the motive and the action will follow. Find the motive and you will take whatever action is needed to achieve your goals.
And I want to end with something I was talking to someone about earlier today, and I've, I've shared before a few times. It's a Les Brown quote. Les Brown wrote Live Your Dreams, one of the most amazing inspirational authors and speakers I've ever heard. And, you know, a lot of what he did was 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's still as motivating today as ever. And, you know, he grew up in poverty. He achieved outstanding success. But one of the things he talked about, uh, and there's lots he talked about, so do check him out, do read his books, listen to his videos and tapes and so on, but is at the end of it all, because we're, we're on this journey and the journey will come to an end, is what do you want to be the legacy you leave behind and what do you want to achieve before you get to the end of your journey? And Les Brown talked about a good way to die and a bad way to die. I don't really like ending a podcast on what might be deemed as a negative, but for me, it's a positive focus in it and it should give you a motive for action. And it is this, a good way to die would be if you were lying in your deathbed, taking your last breaths, and you were surrounded by your loved ones and best friends, all the people that were really important to you. And you could tell them before you took your last breath, I love you. And they could look you in the eye and maybe give kiss you on the cheek or whatever and say to you, I love you too. If you died with all your loved ones and friends around you, knowing they loved you, knowing that you let them know that you love them too, and that the importance they played in your life, no one wants to die. But if you did have to, that would be a good death. And then he says, but a bad death is you haven't got the loved ones around you. You've got your hopes and dreams that you never fulfilled. And they're talking to you. And those hopes and dreams that you never fulfilled are saying to you, I came for you. I was a dream just for you. You were the only person the only person that could fulfill that hope or deliver that dream. But you chose not to. You chose to take the safe route. You decided that you didn't want to take the action or go through the hardship of achieving that hope or dream. I was your hope and dream. And now because you're dying, I'm going to die with you. That hope and dream is going to die with you. No one else can fulfill it because I was your hope and your dream. That to me would be a nightmare. And often if I'm feeling unmotivated or I haven't got a positive attitude or I'm not, I've not got gratitude, it haunts me to think that I would die with unfulfilled hopes and dreams. And so until my last breath, I'm going to be visualising that positive way to die, the best way to die. And I'm going to ensure there's no hopes and dreams that I haven't even at least tried to fulfil. And I want you to think about what are the hopes and dreams that you've already had, but you haven't fulfilled, that you could, should, and would fulfill with the right motivation, attitude, and gratitude. But it'd be awful if you took your last breath saying, I would have, I should have, I could have, but I didn't. And I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you for joining me on Success as a System. I look forward to being back next week with some outstanding guests. Uh, and if you've enjoyed today or got any value from today, please do share it. Do like it and do subscribe for more content and, and learning on how to continue positively your journey towards your goals and dreams. Thanks very much. <laughs>